Welcome to the AI Assisted Organization podcast with myself, Piers Linney, and my co-host and co-founder of Implement AI, Dr. Alok Shukla. Hi, Alok. So you had quite a good weekend, it looks like. Yeah. I did indeed, Piers. I was in Porto for the weekend. If you've not been, I highly recommend it. And that's Porto in Portugal. Yes. Where you are. <laughs> I was a taxi for the kids. Good <laughs> for various sporting events, so we won't dwell on that too much. So let's get into it. It wasn't quite the chaotic insane we had last week in terms of AI news, but there's always something of interest. So we're going to go through, you know, the relevant AI news for business, some implement AI updates about our events mostly and some of what we're up to. And this week we're going to focus, the theme is, is AI and your data. So the democratization of this, this use of data, gaining insights and creating value. It's not just for big companies anymore, or well, they can do more with it now as well. So we're going to go through data, and how you need to treat your data and be able to access it. And then we're going to talk about AI of the week as we do every week. So getting to the news, I suppose it's a quite interesting news to the smaller models. So uh, most models are kind of 7 billion like neurons, really, about 7 billion to even 70 billion parameters. And now they're developing smaller models, which is a 3 billion, and stable AI, they brought out called stable LM3B. So that's 3 billion parameters. Sounds like a lot it is. And it's still very capable, just not quite as capable as the much larger models. And the point of this is that you can deploy these models onto smaller devices and mobile devices, maybe even your watch eventually. And we're going to talk about sort of wearables as well today. So maybe devices that hung around your neck. And what this means is that they use less compute power. They don't need as much sort of battery sort of power as well. Uh, so they're much more sort of capable. And what we're going to see is, you know, be able to have these models on your phone, for example, without needing a connection to the internet. So it's quite an important um, development. On phone, on glasses, on anything, basically, right? In, into any kind of hardware. This is the key, right? You don't always need to ask, you know, your smartest colleague you have in your company to answer for a question. Sometimes some questions just need to, you know, someone who understands a bit about that context in that area. And that's where these smaller models come in because you, we're literally going to work with a team of AIs and different AIs will need to do different levels of the task. So for the simpler kind of like more broad brush stuff, these are perks. They're faster, more data efficient, don't use as much electricity. And it's going to be exciting. But it's also the fact that we always say that um, AI today is the worst it's ever going to be. And if you talk to, you know, Emad, a sort of co-founder of um, Stability, he, he'll he say that, it, that these things are being compressed very, very quickly. So, you know, very soon you're going to see either compression, they can get a, a larger model onto a, a smaller device, or you're going to see these smaller models become far more efficient, more capable. So within a year or two, I don't think it'll make a difference. I think you'll see models on phones or glasses or watches exactly that are just as good as the large models today, which is just a matter of time. They're, these are the first sort of mobile small models that are going to work on these kind of devices. And um, within a year, it'll become a little bit different world again. So moving on, so Google DeepMind, I know you were involved in sort of machine learning um, for years, but AI, especially kind of, let's call it cognitive uh, labor, cognitive AI, lots of different sort of research um, themes instead of, you know, it might be computer vision, it might be translation, it might be robotics, but they're all disparate and different. And what's happened is with the generative AI models is that you're now seeing that generalist AI is as good at, if not better, as the specialist AIs. And you're seeing the focus now is really on generalist models or, you know, um, large language models, and then fine tuning them and training them to make them more capable for different sort of markets, different sectors, different knowledge bases. And what you're going to see in robotics is the same thing. So robotics, what you're seeing is specialist training, 
or very, very specific sort of use cases. And what Google DeepMind are trying to do, and they've put together, I think it's 33 different academic labs and 20 different robot types that pull this all together. And I've got one kind of training model, you could probably call it, that they're trying to apply to robotics. And what they're seeing already is that these generalist models are now performing better than this, the, the robots that are being trained with specialist model. They've just got much greater context, much more real-world information. They can infer and make connections. I mean, you look at like the companies like Figure and Tesla making their Optimus robot. These are not far off. And the ability for these systems to be able to like, learn from the real world, understand this object, that object, and sort them in different ways, it's going to lend itself very well to their like, computer-driven models as well. So I think that the learning and the capability and the reasoning of the digital world, the physical world, it's just going to kind of like, again, merge into one again, I think. Yeah, they're saying things like, you know, they've got a range of different things on a table or on a photograph or drawing even. And I could say to the, the robot, it's a computer vision, you know, do something with the, I don't know, the, the extinct animal. And it knows what extinct means. It knows which one's an animal. and knows which one's extinct. Therefore, it can react to it. So we're really mentioning this because it's not really a capability that a lot of people who listen or watching this are going to be using today. But the point is, is that the development you've seen in sort of cognitive labor in terms of AI, assisting it, you are going to see in robotics and that is going to accelerate. So it's further out, but it is absolutely coming. Yeah, you know, just as one example, like they showed like um, with the Google models where it was a text model and then it was shown different x-rays, which it didn't recognize before from it because it wasn't trained visually, detected what it was based on the descriptions. The same way I saw from Meta, like I was watching a video where they were showing a room, a video of a room and different people and different objects in it. It was able to segment and identify all the different areas and all the different items within there. So, you know, you start adding the ability to deconstruct and, you know, like segment the world and then interact with it and move things. And that just shifts things profoundly. Right. Moving on. So one thing we always say is that, you know, you need to implement AI before your competition does. And uh, then there's a ship leaving the harbor. That's my metaphor. Alex got his train leaving the station. You need to get on it or make the jump. And uh, it was quite interesting that the, the SoftBank CEO, uh, some very successful investments and some not so successful ones, but he's got a huge amount of cash to deploy. And he said that, you know, he thinks that we're going to see AI surpassing human intelligence by 2030. And his point is, which is kind of the echoes what we keep saying, is that take advantage of it, we'll be left behind. And this is the point that this technology, uh, I'll keep saying this, if you're listening to this, whether you're a large enterprise or a small business, this technology is not like the cloud. You cannot wait two years, five years, 10 years to start thinking about integrating into your business, becoming AI assisted to, you know, becoming, uh, heading for becoming an AI first business. You can't do it because once that train left the station, once that ship's left the harbor, it's going to become increasingly difficult to catch up. And in an exponential world, which is not quite there yet, but we're seeing the, the beginnings of it, like a, to the bottom of that curve, it'll be impossible to catch up. So, and you're seeing this now being, you know, echoed by lots of people with lots of other capital that done a lot of research. Right. Generative AI features uh, being rolled out in the advertising platforms. So this is interesting on in the two levels. One is because they're rolling AI in this advertising platform. This is this is the, the Meta platform, Meta Ad Manager, which I have used in the past myself. And it's interesting because it's powerful. It helps you uh, create adverts. It, it gets rid of that kind of in you know, a writer's block. You can create images now. You can create copy. You can create images based on your copy. So it's really, really powerful. The other interesting thing is, is that increasingly you're seeing the, the platforms launch or ship product that is kind of what a lot of SaaS companies used to do. So in this instance, for example, it'd be, you know, creating images, you know, and we'll talk about Canva maybe later, uh, maybe next, Canva, but copywriting. 
So the advertising platforms are building in copywriting capability. So I'm not sure what that means for copywriting AI companies. Well, I think we do know what it means for copywriting AI companies, isn't it? Right? Like if you're just providing a feature, basically, right? You're 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 you can't compete with like a, a platform or an enterprise which is like incorporating your feature. And I saw an example of like the meta AI where there was like an image they were trying to like make it optimized for a, like the portrait view on a phone. And you could literally, even though you only had an image which was a square, you could then extend it to then fit and it and it interpolated correctly what the rest of the image was. So these things which just make it easier to create adverts. I mean, imagine it creates three different versions for you. It rewrites your headline in different ways. You're going to just be more likely to spend more money, more likely to have a successful advert, more likely to, to kind of keep transacting with them. And then if you've got all of the tools on that platform, why are you to go to somewhere else? It's a bit like on the iPhone. You take a photo, you want to mark it up. You can actually do that within the iPhone app itself, isn't it, right? For the photo, you just select the different bits and do what you want to do. You're not loading that photo into some separate image app or anything like that. So I think the more these things can be abstracted and, com- and compiled and compressed into the point where you use it and you can just use that AI intelligence immediately, it will just remove all these frictions and then it becomes a much more magic and much more smooth experience. Yeah, I think it's like um, A-B testing. That's going to become um, much easier. I'll be able to do you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G testing. So that's going to become, um, we're going to see that rolled out, I think. I'm surprised that, you know, with companies like, like Jasper, is it Copy AI, a lot of companies, it's all in the video, it's just someone was trying to sell that does exactly this. But I'm surprised they're almost still in business. I don't, I don't know where they migrate to. It takes time. But but I think the thing is, these foundational models that are like Google, you know, like Anthropic, and, you know, like um, OpenAI are shipping, they're powerful. And the competition amongst them is forcing them to ship out even more powerful features. I mean, I, I came across this browser called the Arc browser. I'm not using it myself, but it's got lots of AI features within it. I'll give an example. And when you open up different browser windows, it, it actually has them on the side. It will rename the browser tab to actually be more textual so you know what it actually is if you have like a hundred of those open. It'll also, if you download a file, it will rename the file to actually something descriptive about what it is. And I think these things are great, but this isn't, Chrome could just incorporate all these things or, you know, like Microsoft Edge can incorporate all these things, you know, like the, these are features, these are not systems. But it's like um, OpenAI. So yeah, you would have thought of OpenAI as a platform, you got companies like Microsoft or integrating it into, embedding into their products like Microsoft and Copilots, but then they launch, you know, ChatGPT Enterprise. So it's going to be really interesting seeing that how, how far the platform will go because they have this capability in terms of adding that kind of thin layer of SaaS along the top so they can access them and create value in different markets. And on that point, another thing we talk about quite a lot are our personal assistants. So Google Bard is kind of, it looks like it's going to morph into become um, a personal assistant, like a co-pilot. And the reason why it's important from business is that these personal assistants eventually are probably who you're going to be selling to. So if you think about, I have a personal assistant, Alec has one, it knows everything about you, always say, including your current heartbeat. It knows your, your taste, your preferences, where you are, where you're going, what you need, when you need it, et cetera, et cetera. So in terms of, this is why the internet might go away because corporate AIs, they understand your catalog, your offers, your pricing, et cetera, your product information, your kind of product roadmap, et cetera, going to be interactive with personal AIs and just trying to make sales. So you're now seeing that Google, like Google Bards, yes, but still, but still behind ChatGPT, which has always been a bit of a surprise. Well, it looks like they're going to roll it out and into and morphing into an assistant. And again, that assistant's going to appear across, you know, Android devices, uh, Google Home, any any device which is capable of interacting with it. Yeah. And I mean, 
I've seen some very interesting things that Google, that the Google Assistant can do, and I'm just waiting to kind of see how more comes out. But the fact it's got access to your Maps position, it's got access to your calendar, it's got access to all your emails, and the how helpful and useful it can be is profound. Yeah, and also there's a, I won't go into it right now, but lots of issues about um, your personal data as well. So I think that's be carefully managed. There was going to be some huge scandal down the line in terms of um, personal data extracted, and because not just the data in the old days, it's kind of like it's kind of flat and extracted. Now it's being pieced together into a, a picture of you, and that's what's going to be we're going to see leaked yeah. at some point. Another one, which is probably more than just a smaller business, is is um, Canva. So Canva adding um, Canva use Canva, it's a bit like a, a browser-based simplified version of Photoshop. That's your describing it, but it's evolving from that. So Canva's adding what they call magic media. So they've added kind of text to images, what they use, whether it's Stable Diffusion, whether it's um, Dale, OpenAI, or whether it's um, Midjourney. And now they've added, they've added text to video, I think, which I guess is um, not that much used quite yet. I guess not brilliant. That probably is using runway. What you're now seeing is that I do use Canva as well, sometimes I fill around with certain things, is you're now seeing that, again, yeah, I'm not particularly, I've got creative ideas. I'm not very good at executing them. What's happening is, again, is that if you're not particularly creative, you're now going to become creative because the tools are there for you to create images on the fly, copy even inside these apps and then iterate it. And even if you, even if it's not quite right, at least you can pass it on to a designer. You then can see 90% of what you're actually looking for. It just makes it much more democratic, much faster. And the thing is like, I would be interested to see what the statistics are like on, has there been a downturn it's a reduction in volume in the number of people using copywriters, using on, you know, people per hour or Upwork. I'd be interested to know that if AI is affecting that. Because I also think that like for Fiverr, basic image editing, basic image manipulation, these tools are going to abstract a lot of that away. So I'd be quite interested to see how, how that evolves. That's fine. Well, we mentioned in last week's pod, our theme was training. So a lot of it depends on how well trained your team is or the people you're working with in terms of using the AI. Because, you know, if you don't really know what you're doing, your copy is going to be boring. It's going to be generic, and your images are going to be, you know, pretty average as well. You know what you're doing. These things can be uh, profoundly, you can create sort of profound new experiences for you and your customers and your colleagues. Right. So that's the news for today. There's other stuff, but we're going to, we're going to leave it there. So implement AI again. We're focusing on um, events that they seem to work really, really well. People enjoy them. They see, they take a lot away. There's some great feedback. So we've still got the event in Manchester with Manchester Growth Up on the 18th of. October, and we've also got an event um, in London on the 16th of October, which is kind of next week, um, so next Monday. So if you're in London, this is um, it's been put on with us, and then also in partnership with it's a private members club for entrepreneurs, really called Homegrown. It's part of the Home House Group, so they've got a fantastic venue. If you haven't been, I'm a member um, near Marble Arch in London. So we're doing the event there. So if you even if you're not a member, quite welcome to come along. You can probably see the premises as well and get a feel for the club and spend a couple of hours with us talking about AI. I will see a Q&A session as well, so it's going to be quite open. So if you want to get out to that 16th in London, near Marble Arch, roughly, next Monday, and if you're in Manchester, the 18th of October. And anything else, and you're, you're back in Dublin in November. Um, yes, I'm back in Dublin for another conference in November, basically. So we'll, um, we'll cover that one nearer the time. I know we talked about it quite a while, but on the AI agent white paper, we just sort of... Um, Touching that, that's going to be something which I think actually is, we've got our kind of AI-assisted organization white paper, kind of our framework. We've got one about the fractional chief AI officer. It's quite an important role to have in your business. But then what we're really focusing on is AI agents. And we'll talk about that a bit now in terms of how they work, how they interact with your data. So that's an important white paper um, for implement AI. We've got the framework. This is kind of what we what we do. 
that's what's going to be um, what it's going to cover. And again, if you're interested in you know taking your first steps into becoming an AI-assisted organization, the best program we do is probably AI Activate. It's a 60-day sprint. Uh, we look at policy, look at governance, we look at training, we look at your workflows, and we select one, and we see how we can automate that or use one of our agents to do that. It's like I think of it as a virtual employee or how I just tweak one of them. Often it's the data, which we're going to talk about in a minute. You know, often it's the data or how it connects and interfaces with your business as it already stands. Anything else, Art? No, no, I agree with you. Like, because of the, is this AS organization just shows like the five levels of AI and like the overall framework and strategy. And the, the chief AI officer, one talks about like how AI is going to transform and impact all the areas of your business and what you need to be cognizant of to build your own strategy. And then with the AI agent, right back there, it's all about the basically your labor force, your digital labor force, you've got your human, your carbon, and your, your digital, you know, like labor force and the silicon labor force. And I think the whole point here is like, how does that work? What can it do? And moving forward, and it's really exciting because everyone's going to have an AI team on their payroll. It's just a question of like, you know, what, what are the tasks they do and, and how they're going to execute? Right, moving on. So this is today's theme is data. And this is something that we have a lot of, we talk about a lot with our clients. Now, I've come from a, a background in sort of cloud and, you know, there's many, many years talking about big data and big data was expensive. It was time consuming. Not only that, you had to, you know, you had to work out how to create your data warehouse and sort of, and then manage that data, but then extract the insights from that data using the machine learning models. Again, they were kind of specialists rather than generalists. It was again, very expensive and time consuming. And it was to preserve really of quite large companies. That world has changed. That has completely and utterly changed this year. So the idea of what we used to be called big data and, and extracting insights from that data, insights you never knew you actually needed to know, the, the unknown unknowns, it's now been democratized. So you've got the cloud, has allowed you to sort of store and manage data and AI is going to enable you to analyze that data. Well, let's talk to talk through the, the first step though, isn't it? In talking to all of our clients is understanding your data in terms of where it is and understanding what you should consider as data because now it's everything, isn't it? Yeah. Step one, don't leak. Record everything, you know, like, uh, so I think that the whole point is just like you say, like classically people thought of data as like, oh, it's just the emails that come in or it's the, the, the four files on my Dropbox or it's the ones in my SharePoint. But actually it's all the phone calls, all the meetings, it, it's, it's all the communications that happen in between. And all of that adds context. So if you think about like what's happening at the um, consumer level with Google Assistant, where it's like helping you understand all these different things, the same thing is happening in your organization where you've got so much information about different clients, different meetings, different proposals, different strategies, different projects. And all of that's like in disparate places. And it might be some like one employee's drive in a different place. So step number one is like start recording. And so you can start to actually understand what's going on, where are you actually focusing on? And then you can start doing some very interesting things off the back of that. Basically. Yeah. And, um, a lot of people sort of don't quite understand the value of the data they've got. The one that we come across the most, we'll just touch on this later, we'll see why, is that um, it, it phone calls. So most businesses have got phone calls coming in or going out of a business. Often they're not really managed particularly well. Often they're not recorded. So there, there's a huge amount of information in those phone calls from who your customers are, what they're interested in. Um, if you've got video calls, you know, even, even voice calls, actually, even, even transcripts of voice calls, you can extract sentiment. You can't begin to comprehend the amount of value in phone calls. So number one, as Alex said, is don't leak any data. And one of the frustrations is, is that sometimes capturing data is then being 
sort of captured in uh, these sort of proprietary databases inside a specific app sometimes, say a CRM for a particular industry. And they haven't got, and even the phone system sometimes, and it's amazingly, they don't have APIs. They don't even have an FTP server sometimes for the phone systems. So our advice is, is that if you're using technology where they don't have APIs, they don't enable you to access your data, or it's not on the roadmap, you need to change those solutions out, those applications, pretty sharpish. No, I agree. Like you said, it's like, it's not just recording it, it's like having it analyze and insights from it because every day a customer will be dropping a suggestion or dropping an opportunity and if you can capitalize on those these add up you know the number of customer interactions per per day per month per year getting a small uptick in that it's like revenue growth without any market cost yeah and also you're seeing now we're talking about you know recording phone calls and video calls and you're now seeing in the consumer market really these pendants like rewind you saw we mentioned, mentioned it last week the ray-ban glass maybe the kind of humane um, app it's like most replace a phone, different form factor. You're now going to see everything being recorded. So imagine now, because you will see a, a commercial application for this. Imagine now that everyone in your business, everyone is interacting with clients, probably going to have to tell them that it's being recorded clearly. Everything is recorded in in audio, everything. Well, police, look at the police. They've got the body cameras in there, right? Like, so that they, they know what's going on with the different situations, stuff like this. If you look at like medical legal, for example, I'm sure their consultations will start being recorded quite quickly. So then, you know, if people say, oh, you didn't tell me this or this, I did tell you this, then, then all of that can be highlighted and flat out. So I actually think, you know, this technology could actually help lots of situations because it would just provide clarity to what actually occurred in those situations. Um, and this is why it's so important to like proactively get ahead of this, basically. Yeah, so all audio is really important. Number one is, don't collect everything, don't leak anything, and then make sure it's accessible. Make sure your data is easily accessible to your data. And if your if application solution provider isn't willing to make it available or put an API or something on their roadmap, you need to think about changing them out because they're going to be barrier to essentially uh, you creating competitive advantages. Because that is what having access to your data, being able to analyze it actually, actually creates. Now, you don't need to have Often, oh, we need to create a data warehouse. That's a big project. It's not not the case. What you need to have is access to the data. The beauty of these models is, and the way you can structure these, is that as long as you get access to the data and you can extract the data, the model then, depending how you sort of prompt it and the structure the the agents, can then make sense of it. Kind of yeah, exactly. And and there's things like, for example, like imagine you've got like all the meetings or all the phone calls there, and you're thinking, okay, how would I know that they're talking about a customer or they're talking about a company? Well, there's there's things like. NER, like named entity recognition, where it can actually extract anything to do with like this name is an organization or this is a customer or this is this. So you can actually have like this kind of like filter, you know, built into your system. So then every time there's something interesting come up, so then imagine you say, okay, tell about the Harrison account next week. It could then show you all those items about that. So it might be from meetings, so it might be from referral calls, so it might be from something else. And this is where it can then surface to you in the future and say, this is an action you should take because that's where it's going to go. It's going to go from like, understanding what happened to helping you guide and predict to prevent what you don't want to happen. So for example, you know, one, one use case that we, we've been discussing with the healthcare provider is like how to understand, you know, different information that a patient's got. And then from that understanding, you know, like what might they need in the future? How can you prevent these problems? How can you make this, you know, better? So it's, it's, it's the predictive ability to like nudge and change the future, which, which becomes very powerful, but you can't do that if you're leaking data and you don't know where you are. Yeah. So I think one of the, the, changes is that what these platforms like this capability is fill in the gaps understand what the gaps are and actually make suggestions it wasn't really always the case you had to sort of you kind of had to know what you were looking for what we're seeing with one of our ai agents is an ai data entry agent so imagine now you've got the the perfect customer record 
one of a better example, you know where you've got, you know where the delta is, what the gaps are, and that data entry agent will then look for or research or talk to the customer to make sure you complete the record. They'll keep iterating on, until it gets there. And if you can't do it, it'll, you know, drag a human into the process and, and to ask them to help to complete it. So what you then start to see, which is going to cover in another podcast, is these different agents. So you've got ones that are looking at the data, extracting the data, another one that's tasked to uh, maybe fill in the gaps or another one's tasked to make suggestions. It is incredibly, incredibly powerful. Now, while you're doing that, one of the important things, and we always come back to this in most of our podcasts, is you've got to put a framework in place about your privacy, policy, your governance, because now you're talking about uh, applying extremely powerful tools to customer data. Exactly. You have to have the, the right missions, policies, frameworks, security, everything in place, because this is what's going to know. This is basically, by putting that in place and then by capturing the data and having the insights from it, this is what basically adds, for want of a better term, more horsepower to your engine, because you can then, per day, you know, uncover more insights, transact more, unlock more opportunities, increase average spend per customer, provide a better customer service. All these things add up, so your rate of acceleration increases. So the quicker you get this in place, the more distance you can start to gain. And they're real power, but isn't it? The thing that blows my mind, we, we've developed one agent, which is um, like an auto, auto consult agent, we call it, where it's having a conversation with a customer. And in real time, it's using the, the data the business already has, as well as what the customer's saying. So it's actually in real time, is doing data analysis and working out, well, how can I help this customer based on what we can offer? And then in real time, it's sort of adding value to that customer, adding value to your business. That's a game changer. A lot of the kind of big data, really, the analysis was really about a data scientist sifting through it and coming up with some ideas. They go and present to the senior leadership team. Now it can be real time and personalized. Yeah, and at the customer, you know, forefront either through an app or, you know, guiding the, the assistant in the retail interaction, all these sorts of things. So the, the thing to really take away from this this pod today is that data, there there is money in your data. And it doesn't matter what size business you have. You know, if you've got a large enterprise, you're probably not using your enormous data set and maximizing the value of it. If you're a small business, you've got the customer data there, which is how to create a really personalized solution. So, you know, this Data is, is about monetization of that data. It's about creating value. And in a more competitive world, we always say where eventually everyone's going to have artificial intelligence, okay? It's going to be like, I'll call it by spell check. So how do you how do you create more competitive advantages? It's going to be by, by collecting data and extracting insights from it more efficiently, more effectively. And having the data which other people don't have access to. That's the whole point, right? They could... So if you've got your own meeting data, you've got your phone call data, you've got like email data, then that's for barge data that your other competitors or don't have access to through their general AI. So that's 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 the key. And that's about creating, isn't it? It's about creating um, more interesting um, ways to, to in, a, in a nice way, extract that data, which is customer experience. And and the people increasingly are going to be, you know, used to talking to artificial intelligence. The problem with talking to, you know, bots now is that they're pretty basic. And you get confused and annoyed very, very quickly. And you start typing, I want to speak to a human. Whereas, you know, the, these things have already passed a Turing test very quickly. You want to know the difference. So when you have a conversation with AI, as long as you're, as long as they're getting value or they're getting the answer, people won't care. They're going to expect it quite soon. So the last thing that is, is again, we come back to training is that, you know, your team needs to understand what data you have when they're thinking about, especially your technical team, CTO, CIS. This is why it's important to have a chief AI officer because they understand how this all fits together. When you're looking at selecting applications or designing applications in your business or some kind of IT project, make sure that you can access your, that you store your data in all of its forms 
even video. And this goes down to high res, you know, cameras in shops even. Store everything because you're never going to quite know how you're going to be able to use it. Make sure none of it leaks. Make sure you've got the policy and frameworks in place and then ensure you've got the intelligence essentially to go and uh, analyze that data and extract the insights that mean you're going to be able to monetize it more effectively. So data is a big one. Um, so the last three pods really, we're, we're kind of going through, you know, the policy, the framework, we've talked about training, your first AI advantage, and then data, you've got to get that right. Because otherwise, everything else we're going to talk about in the next couple of months uh, isn't going to work. Which brings us nearly on a lot to AI of the week. Now, I was talking about, you know, various ones that we talked about in the news, but um, you had a much better idea, didn't you? <laughs> of course. So as we've been talking about today, data is, is key. And at the same time, you've got your team members. Your team members are doing the best job they could possibly do. They're, you know, let's look at the phone system. The phone is a black box. How many phone calls come into businesses every day? Can you imagine your customer's worth, I don't know, 2,000 to 20,000 pounds? It could be for like a dental treatment. It could be like fitting a new kitchen, or it could be to, you know, a whole printing contract, which is worth like a hundred grand. The thing is, if you've got loads of phone calls coming, you don't know what's happening. You don't know who's answering it and what the opportunities are. You can't really improve. You don't really know what you're spending your money on. So we see that, like, as I said before, You've got your human employees. You're also going to have your digital labor force, which is going to start. We think that one of the great first places to start is essentially with the phone. So AI of the week is our AI phone agent, which basically works with your human team member to listen to all the phone calls. But then not just that, identify all the opportunities. So show you where the sales opportunity was missed. Show you three personal items about that person, like they play golf, they do this. It, it extracts all the little bits from the conversation about that person and also tells you how interested they were in purchasing and also some objections. It also services what potential objections or complaints or concerns they have. So imagine you've got customer record, you've got like they didn't buy and they, and they didn't head. You've also got the details of what, some personal information about them, what they're bothered about and a little summary. I mean, how much more empowered are you to actually like re-engage that person? Also, it tells you who they extract for what they're interested in, so product X. And what it's worth to you. Yep. So you, you then know that, well, hang on a sec, this person was interested. They were interested in product X. It's worth, I don't know, 2,000 pounds to me. Well, they haven't booked a meeting or made an order. And, and this and these are the objections. And the dashboard shows you missed 40 grand worth of opportunities today. I mean, like, that's going to inspire some action, isn't it? And then it then it then notifies the right person. And based on that information, it creates a draft email. Yeah, exactly. The suggestions to do. Or a script. Yeah, if you're going to call them back. So yeah, you're right, actually. That is the area of the week. <laughs> it is powerful. We're doing a close pilot with um, different clients and different in, in specific sectors. So if, if, if you're interested and you have like, a use case that should work for that, do get in touch. So we're going to leave it there for this week. Um, if you haven't um, read our white papers, go to our website, you know, log on, download them, um, sign up for AI inside a newsletter. You also get a personalized AI-driven um, little sort of video from me, personalized to you and your name, which is quite interesting. And, and, and that's, a, that's a great example of just basic personalization, which we're, we're sort of toying with. Please follow us and subscribe on YouTube. And, you know, if you can get to our events in London or in Manchester, please do. And please, you know, rate our podcast on Apple if you've enjoyed it. And that's it for this week, really. So this is the AI Assisted Organization podcast signing off. Myself, Bisley, Alok Chukla. And we'll see you again next week. See you next week.